when you're in that moment of overwhelm, bringing again that awareness back to, okay, Lord, I know that you wanted me to say yes to this. So that means you are going to provide the energy I need to do it. You're going to provide the resources I need to do it. It means you have fully equipped me to do what you've called me to do. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief. It's a lifestyle. Matthew eleven twenty eight states, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you are like me, you can find that hard to do. I will lay it down, give it to God, and somehow unknowingly pick it all up again until I find myself in a come-to-Jesus moment of pure despair and breakdown. And I know I'm not alone in this as our world is heavily focused on performance and outcomes, so much so that the statistics for burnout are at an astounding 50 to almost 90%. So how can we operate from not a place of performance, but a place of partnership and rest? as the Bible so beautifully calls us to. In today's episode, I discuss this topic with Susan Fleming, a business alignment therapist who specializes in teaching burned-out leaders how to ditch the hustle and performance mentality to work from God's rest instead. Susan and I get real and tangible with simple tools you can use to quit operating from stress and anxiety and find true rest by getting to the heart of your motives and asking God for insights to create new neural pathways that help you find lasting peace and partnership instead of overwhelm and performance. So let your to-do list go, get comfortable, and join us as we break off the chains holding you back from a restful partnership life with God. Hey, Susan, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Same here. We are chatting today about partnership over performance, which is something that I need badly, (laughs) and how we can work with God and not for God and working really from a place of rest. And you have a beautiful background of experience that has led you to help Christian women really achieve this. So I would love for you to get started by giving a little bit of information about yourself and really what brought you to be so passionate about this topic. Yeah, well, the the passion comes from just my own experiences in starting my own business and getting to this place of burnout and not knowing what to do about it, how to help myself, which is interesting because I do have a background in mental health. I am a licensed professional therapist, and so I had that psychology training, I'll say, but the spiritual element really isn't brought into the tools that we've been given to use in mental health. And so when I got to this place of burnout, 
and had tried all these different things, done all the things I knew to do, and it still wasn't working. I, I got to the end of myself, really, and finally just said, okay, Lord, I'm surrendered. I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> I'm out of ideas. I need you to help me. So that's just the you know quick overview. I'm sure we're going to go deeper into it, but that's really what got me into helping other women. Um, how do we partner with God in that, and how do we how do we surrender before getting to the end of ourselves? Right. You know, we talk about like the analogy of with with like an addict or an alcoholic, right? They have to hit rock bottom before they can really get help or sometimes even want to choose to get help. And so I look at it from the perspective of what can we do before it gets to that point? You know, what can be motivating for people to want to change before they do hit that rock bottom, before they do get to the end of themselves? And there is no other option. Right? How do we partner with God so that doesn't have to happen? And so, how do we do that? How do we recognize if we're really operating from a place of performance rather than a place of rest? And just to give you a little bit of background, literally right before this recording, I had like just a come to Jesus moment with the Lord and just saying, like, Do you really want me to do this? Because, um, God has blessed me with a few marketing clients all in one day. One day he gave me three marketing clients, which was amazing. And the finances that I needed to help with a few conferences that I have coming up. And um, there's just so much blessing, but it's been overwhelming. And so I have the three clients that I'm working on in a month, three conferences coming up in a month, plus being a mom, plus being a wife, plus doing all the other things, you know, running the podcast, keeping that going. And Right before this, I realized that the podcast episode that I released this week on Tuesday, it wasn't on Spotify. Most of my audience doesn't listen on Spotify. So I was like, okay, I'll promote it and I'll figure it out. Well, then I realized two days later that the audio wasn't working on any platforms and it had been something with an issue with my hosting platform. And so right before this, I was dealing with all of that and literally just like screamed out to the Lord, like, do you want me to do this anymore? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just so overwhelmed and burnt out and just in yeah. tears of like, I, I can't do this all. And so how can we use me as an example and not become <laughs> Erica <laughs> in yeah. this situation and operate from a place of rest instead of a place of performance. Because I think what I run into is that God can't physically do it for me. And so how do I actually get all the client work done, all of the mom things done, all the wife things done, You know, speak at these events? How do I do all of that and do it from a place of rest when I'm the one who actually has to physically do it. Yes, yes. No, that's a fantastic question because that is what we're dealing with. That's the reality of <laughs> the world that we're living in. There are expectations, whether we're putting them on ourselves or it's coming from someone else. And it's so easy to look at the numbers and say yes to everything and feel like you have to say yes to everything because, you know, well, I've got this many followers, but if I go do this 
summit over here, then maybe, you know, maybe I can get that number up to the next, whatever that next level is. And, you know, our goals are typically based on numbers. And so it's like, how do you not look at that? Or can you look at it and not let it cause anxiety in you, right? Or that overwhelm of like, you know, do I have time to really do all these things? And so it really just comes back to, it's going to sound really simple, but it's the simplicity of the gospel is that when you are born again, your spirit is brought back to life and your spirit is unified with God's spirit. And knowing that that is the point of your identity, that you are in him and he is in you. That is how you work from that place of rest, because rest is just that. It's that knowing, that awareness of I'm in him and he's in me. So when you go to do something from the position of I'm seated in heavenly places, then the task becomes, I won't say easy, but you can do it with ease. Because there's a trust, there's an assurance of I'm in God and He's in me, and we're doing it together. And so when you're in that place of overwhelm, bringing your awareness back to where am I in this moment? He says that my spirit, I am seated with Him. My spirit is seated in Christ in heavenly places right now. That's the place I'm operating from. So bringing your awareness back to that is one thing I would say. Another thing I would say when you're in that overwhelm is starting to evaluate what am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? Because I I used to look at all the opportunities that would come and I would look at it as, is this good or bad? Do I have capacity for this? Right? That would be a question I asked a lot. And what the Lord had led me into doing is instead of looking at good or bad, black or white, looking at good, better, and best. Because a lot of times we are given opportunities that in the natural, we can look at it and go, oh yeah, that's a real good opportunity. That's a big platform for me to to utilize, or that's an important person for me to talk to, you know, and we can think, oh, this is a really good opportunity. But stopping to ask, Is it the best? Is it his best for me? Is it something that God wants me to be engaged with? You know, and so again, coming back to instead of looking at it in the natural, looking at it from the spiritual realm, looking at how would Jesus handle this situation? You know, and I know we, that was a thing like, you know, probably 20 years ago, like, what would Jesus do? But it's so relevant. It's still so relevant today when we look at his ministry on earth and we see there were places he didn't go. There were people he said no to. We have permission to not do everything, to not say yes to every opportunity. Because anytime you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so when it feels like you're trying to balance I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a podcast host. When you're saying yes to something, you're also saying no to something. And so we've got to be more discerning of what am I saying yes to and what am I saying no to. 
I love your stance on that for sure. And I think one of the areas that I struggle is that sometimes, and everybody struggles with this, sometimes there's just moments or times in life where even if you say yes to the right things and no to the things that you shouldn't do, there are times where it just gets super overwhelming and busy just because that's just a time in life. And I think that's what I'm going through right now is September and October seem to be very heavy with Christian women events. It's just something, especially where I live in Minnesota, the summertime, nobody does anything for women events. And then all of a sudden school starts and it's like, bam, it's all right there. And you want to get it in before the holidays. So September and October are very busy. So every year it'll be kind of this busy for me. And those things are really good. And I do feel like the Lord is calling me to these things. And so I know many women probably feel this way too. Like the Lord told me, yes, like, yes, he brought me those clients. He said yes to do these conferences. He said yes to do these things. And I did say no to a lot of other things. How do you not get overwhelmed in that time when you you said yes to the right things, but you still have all this to do? And how do you do that with God and that mindset and maybe practical ways to do it? Because I think for me, we hear the cliches of like, you know, just center back with the Lord, which I do and that helps. But sometimes I'm very human and I'm like, Lord, I just want you to help me <laughs> like with this. <laughs> so how do we practically do that with the Lord that's tangible? Yeah. So really just in that moment of I have all the things, it is a recentering. And I know it sounds really simple, but even when it's things that you know he said, say yes to this. When you're in that moment of overwhelm, bringing, again, that awareness back to, okay, Lord, I know that you wanted me to say yes to this. So that means you are going to provide the energy I need to do it. You're going to provide the resources I need to do it. It means you have fully equipped me to do what you've called me to do. And so again, you're recentering in him, but you're also reminding yourself, your soul, right? Your, your mind, your body, you're telling yourself, look, we've got this, <laughs> right? But it's being confident in knowing that if he's called you to it, he's already fully equipped you for it, right? And so it's really just reminding yourself, I'm equipped to do this. I have the capacity to do this would be one thing to do. Another thing is just looking at your calendar, knowing the season that you're in. Like you said, when you've got little kids or you know that, you know, when school's out, it's going to be like this. And when school gets back in, it's going to be like this. Or, you know, we're going into fall and so many events are planned in the fall. You know, looking at your calendar ahead of time and giving yourself extra cushion where you may not have done that previously, right? Because depending on the season you're in, there can be times when I can have a full day back-to-back interviews, do like five in a row, I'm good, no problem. And it can be two weeks later, I have the exact same day scheduled and I'm not okay. (laughs) Like, it's just, I mean, let's be real, as women, there's hormonal stuff going on. There's literal cycles happening. And I have learned to schedule things certain weeks of the month and other weeks of the month. I just don't. Because I'm like, I know 
that I don't have the capacity. Like it's not going to happen, <laughs> you know. So learning from your own experiences of really just intentionally watching your body and how it responds to things and see, okay, is there a pattern here? Is there some kind of flow that we're going through? Or like, are there certain times of the week or even during the day, certain times of the day? Like I know for me, later in the afternoon, I can't schedule things that require a lot of mental engagement, right? Like I can sit and listen to a teaching or something like that, but I can't come and do an interview at four or five o'clock. Like it's just not, (laughs) not good work. So looking at your schedule from that perspective of knowing yourself and giving yourself permission to be flexible and saying, okay, I know I work best in the morning. So I'm going to schedule the mentally heavy things during this block of time in the morning. Or like I said, scheduling your weeks. Scheduling the months, knowing if September, October is super busy, okay, I need a little extra maybe family time in here or time for myself in here. I need to schedule in some other things to kind of help balance out that workload. And so just being proactive with really knowing yourself and being intentional when you're scheduling things. As you were talking, I just feel a little bit lighter about that. I can't do much about this week. But for next week, I can take a peek and just schedule in some time. And I do know one thing that comes up a lot with me and with other women is we just jam-pack our days and we don't allow that margin for just even 15 minutes to a half hour to just recenter with the Lord, just have some quiet time or do something that brings you joy. You know, I'm the less stress, more joy-filled gal. And sometimes I forget that stuff too. A lot of times I forget that stuff too. And I just need to insert some kind of joy action in the day with the Lord that can really help with that burnout. I'm super interested because you have a background as a therapist and then you're really involved with like the neuroscience of things as well. I would love to know the connection just with your thoughts and background of the topic that we're talking about, you know, not performing, being a partner with the Lord and working from a place of rest and then intertwining your experience as a therapist and maybe some of that mind stuff with it as well. The thing it really comes back to as far as like involving the neuroscience and performance is even if you take God out of it and we're just to look at like I've I've worked with high level CEOs and owners of companies who had no grid for God at all. And so really what we do in that situation And I feel like this is going to help somebody because I think we can over-spiritualize things and make it sound like it's got to be like we're staying in prayer all day long and we're just, you know, a lot of inactivity to have to be with the Lord. And that's not the case at all. From the, the brain standpoint of it, you want to give yourself breaks. You want to celebrate the small wins that you have. There's something about your brain that loves intervals of three. So putting three things on your to-do list for the day. And I know a lot of people are like, what? Just three? I can only do three. You can do more than three, but put three things on your list. And here's what I do is when I have my time with the Lord in the morning, I'll ask, um, I'll just lay my calendar out and I'll say, what do you want to do with my schedule today? Is there anything on here that needs to go? Is there anything on here that needs to be added? And I kid you not, every time there's three things. 
It'll be three. And not that I'm counting like appointments, but three actual tasks that I need to do to help my business that day. Just three things. So I love how it connects with the neuroscience of your brain loves intervals of three. And after you've done those three, you do something to celebrate, right? Maybe I get up and go take a walk outside. Maybe it's just something as simple as listening to some music. Like it doesn't have to be anything extravagant or like you have to go spend money, but just giving your brain those rewards after you've done your three things. And then if there's still time left in your day and you want to do a couple more things, go for it. Managing the expectations there, I think, is huge for a lot of people because they'll have a to-do list that's like 15 things. There's no way you're going to get that done in a day. Like it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so let's have some realistic expectations with that. But going back to what I was saying about, I just realized I cut off and didn't finish the sentence earlier. Um, What I was saying about working with the CEOs and performance and when God's not in it, what do you do? It really comes back to motive. We really dig into why. Why do I feel the need to hit these numbers? Or why do I feel the need to say yes to all these things? What is the heart motive behind? the performance. A lot of people will say, well, I'm just driven. I've always been driven. Well, let's go back to where that started. What is that about? You know, because there are personality types, yes, that are more self-motivated, sure. But I haven't found a person yet that we couldn't tie that back to something that was said to them when they were little. I'll give you an example for me. Something I would hear from my parents a lot is like, if you're sitting around doing nothing, you're being lazy. And it wasn't even that they were even directly talking to me, right? But I received that message, if you're not being productive, you're being lazy, as if there's this either or kind of thing going, right? And I was like, well, I don't want to be lazy, right? My brain took that and went, we're not going to be lazy (laughs) for the next 30 years, I worked my butt off and just ran myself into the ground, physically burnt out to the point of I cannot get out of bed. I can't do anything. And it was just simple things like that that we, we heard around our household that our brains took in as kids. We took it in, we internalized it, and our brain said, okay, that's the belief we're going to operate out of. And people don't know the beliefs that are there, you don't know until you stop and intentionally dig into that and figure out, why am I doing what I'm doing, right? Because how it happens in the brain is thought, feeling, and then the behavior comes out of that. But sometimes that thought and feelings happen so closely together, we don't recognize what the thought was, and we stay in the feeling. And so we're not evaluating What are the thoughts I'm having that are getting me to these behaviors? What belief system, right? Because the belief is just that thought repeated. It's the thought and feeling repeated. Creates the belief that goes in your subconscious. And then we operate 90 to 95% of what we do every day is happening on autopilot. We're operating out of our subconscious. So we've got to know what beliefs are in there. Why am I doing what I'm doing? It's so funny to me how people will say, 
oh, I don't, I don't believe that. And then you look at the behavior and the behavior tells you something different <laughs> completely. So digging into what's behind the performance, right? Even before we, like I said, that's what I'll do with people who have no grid um, or don't want to involve God in the process. But even with people who do, you've got to look at what are the beliefs operating in my subconscious. Do you have an exercise, and I don't want to give away all your secrets, but do you have an exercise that people could do? Because I do have, I work with a therapist, and so we do do some of that stuff. But I find that she asked a question. I'm like, I don't even know where it started. And so we have to do some healing prayers and, and find some stuff to work through. But do you have an exercise that you could share that would help people to start trigger and start thinking about, oh, when did that thought actually come? And then they can throw it against God's truth and start creating a new dialogue. Yeah. Well, just the simplest thing is ask Holy Spirit, bring to my remembrance, where did this start? Man, I can do that. I, I remember when I first started <laughs> that process with myself. I wasn't working with a therapist at the time, and I was because I couldn't, I couldn't find a good biblical, godly therapist. So, like it's just, it's difficult. Anyway, so I was doing stuff on my own, and um, well, you know how it's kind of like the the nurses saying, "No, I don't need to go see the doctor," because they think <laughs> they know all the things, right? So I, there was a little bit of that going on. Like, hmm, I maybe could have looked a little harder for a therapist, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> doing the things I already knew to do, but then bringing God into it and saying, "Okay, Lord, this is all I know to do." <laughs> enhance it for me, right? You've given us these tools to use. Enhance. Tell me. Tell me, what is the thing? How do I use what I already know? And it really was just that simple of just asking him, where did it start? The first time I did that, and he took me immediately into a memory Again, I don't even know that I had conscious memory of the memory, if that makes sense. Like, because I was maybe three. I mean, like, itty bitty Susan. <laughs> and he took me into that memory. And it was a realization that in that moment, I felt alone. And he showed me in that memory, this is where I was when that was going on in your life. And there's been so many times since then when I'll just ask that simple question, you know, help me figure this out, and he'll take me to a memory. What I noticed, though, in doing that, there was a pattern of everywhere he was taking me back to was a time when I felt abandoned. And he just needed to show me this is where I was every single time. This is where I was. I never left you. I know it was hard. There were things happening that you couldn't control, but I was in it with you. And that was so incredibly healing for me to just know that that belief I had held on to for so long, that I'm alone, I'm abandoned, God isn't here, to then seeing all those memories restored basically back to the truth, His truth of this is where I was. So much healing came for me from that dismantling that belief that he wasn't there. 
So it can be as simple as just asking him, you know, can you show me where this habit started or where this behavior started? Another side of that, again, if it's someone who doesn't want to involve God in the process, I would still take them back through memories. I would still use the imagination. I would still do all the things. I just don't tell them, you know, hey, God, show me how to do this. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of that that happens where they don't realize God's working. God is actually working here. But I'm not saying, oh, that thing I just told you came out of, you know, Jeremiah, whatever. You know, I don't give them the background of it. But because of the position I'm in, I can still use the tools that I've been given, but they've been now enhanced by the Lord because He's shown me how to use them in a different way. So we would still get back into some of those memories, and I would still help them to kind of retrace things. But the simplicity of doing it with God is just asking the question. Yeah, it seems so simple, but man, it is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that story. And that's the same thing God did for me. Um, I shared in a few episodes that I was just dealing with a lot of fear and anxiety. And so we did, much like you said, just said, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, show me where this began. And he brought me to a picture of me as a baby, newly born with my sister and my mom. And I was like, that's so odd. Why did you why did you have that come? I mean, this is something that I could not make up myself. So we dove into it a little bit more and I kept asking questions. And it came to the fact that um, another image came was a baby in a womb kicking and screaming. And my therapist said, you go ask him what he's trying to say here. And what I heard was, I saved you. And my mom actually was in labor with me for a very long time and I was stuck stuck on her pelvic bone. And when I came out, I had a cone-shaped head and a huge dent in my forehead. And it was very traumatic for my mom. And that image came to my mind. And that was God telling me, like, I was there in that moment with you and I saved you. But that's also where at the beginning of my life, my birth, that anxiety and fear started. And so now we're working through that. But that was not me. That was the Holy Spirit. And so for people who don't believe this type of thing, it may be a little too much, <laughs> a little too much to, to handle and take in. But I would just encourage you to just sit on your own. It doesn't have to be with a therapist. Like you said, you did. Even though you had that knowledge, it can be, if you don't have any therapy knowledge, just sit with the Lord and ask Him, show me. Show me where this started. Show me where this performance need started or my fear and my anxiety, whatever topic it is, where it started, because that's just so, so powerful. And I think a lot of our situations that we have dealt with in life, if you work from a place of performance instead of a place of rest, and you keep trying to go from a place of rest, but keep coming back to performance is that it's like so ingrained in us, all these experiences, and we just automatically go on autopilot back to what we know. So thank you for sharing that powerful tool. Yeah. And I don't think people realize the emotions exist before conscious thought. You know, so just like what you were saying, what the Lord showed you in that moment of you being in the womb, you weren't consciously aware of what was going on. But the chemicals, the hormones, that fear response still happened in your body 
and help to wire the neural pathways in your brain. So there could be something that happened that you're not even consciously aware of. I just, I love so much that you shared that example that he took you back to, (laughs) to the womb, that it was, it was something like that. Because I think a lot of times people get caught up in the, the analyzing part and the discovering part and the evaluating part and like, what did I do wrong? You know, and going back through things and ruminating on things, it's like, I could have done this different or I shouldn't have done that. And we're so self-condemning. And so just to know that it could have been something that happened, you know, at birth that wired your brain differently, that now, now we got to adjust some chemicals in there and that's totally doable and we can do it, (laughs) you know, but it's nothing that you did. Like, even if it was something that happened, (laughs) a little brain science here. So the prefrontal cortex, your rational, logical thinking brain is not fully developed until your mid-20s. In girls, it's real, it's usually like 21, 22. And in boys, it's like 25, 26. So anything that came in prior to that time, it's not that you're not responsible for it because now you're an adult and you take responsibility, right? And you say, we're going to do things different. And you learn how to do those things different. But the point I want to make here is that all of these messages, all the beliefs came in before your brain was even developed enough for you to be able to go, stop, wait, let me evaluate that. I don't know if I want to take that in. So many things happen to us in those first 25 years of life that our brain is not equipped to stop getting into the subconscious. I just feel like somebody listening needs to be released from the shame and condemnation and feeling like I did something wrong. Even if you made a choice during that time, right? Because there are things that, yes, happen to you out of your control. We make choices, things that we are controlling, but it's still coming out of that belief that came in before you could evaluate it. God is not condemning you for any choices that you've made. I just feel like somebody needs to hear that. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You're not beyond hope. Everything's changeable. Like even the neural pathways in your brain. They can be remade. They can be renewed. He's the God of redemption. If you'll just ask him to show you, like, what is my part in this? Whatever the it is, what is my part in it? I want to partner with you in it. Show me what my part is. And he'll show you. He'll show you those things. And I promise you it will be done with so much love. So much love. He's not mad at you. There's nothing that you've done or ever will do that will have God mad at you. So just be open. Be open to hearing from Him and building that trust with Him so that you can partner with Him. So good. Thank you. 
And I can imagine with that shame, and I'm just thinking about the experiences that I've had in my life, there is a lot of shame with the choices that I made in my teens and my 20s and how that may lead to performance issues and feeling like, even though I don't think that I'm doing this because of that, that subconsciously my body is just trying to catch up and do better of all those missed opportunities because of the bad choices and decisions that I made and that I just need to choose to rest in the Lord. Yeah. Amen. So how do we move forward? What's the difference between performance and partnership? What does that look like? And then how do we maintain that moving forward so we don't find ourselves continually coming to this burnout stage and like me sitting on the couch screaming kindly at the Lord? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, you'll know if you're in performance, if you're striving, if you're feeling like I have to do all the things. And you're doing it in your own strength. But I would just go back to the why. Why am I performing? Everybody does to some level. If you're saying, I want to choose partnership over performance, there's still going to be some performance because you're going to be doing things. Performance in and of itself is not bad. Right? It's not a negative. It's not something for us to say, oh, no, I don't want that. It's the motive behind it. It's knowing why you're performing. And 99% of the time, this is out of every client I've ever had, 99% of the time, it comes back to a belief of I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And again, we don't consciously have the thought I'm not good enough. But the thought may sound like, well, who am I to think I could do that? Right. What we would, a lot of people would call imposter syndrome today. I'm like, no, that's, I don't call it that. (laughs) That's your core belief in there telling you, I'm not good enough. If there's people pleasing behaviors, you know, if you're like we were talking about, what do we say yes to? What do we say no to? If you're feeling like I have to say yes to everybody and everything all the time, if there are those kinds of extremes in your life, if you don't feel like you have balance, Go back to the why. Why am I doing this? Why do I feel like I can't say no? Why do I have to please? Why do I have to keep the peace? Right? A lot of peacekeepers (laughs) are people pleasing. Things like that. So looking at why am I doing it, it will be a huge indication for you. And then when you surrender it to him and say, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to partner with you. I want to do it with you. And being open to really allowing him to lead you through that process. Because depending on how much stuff has been stored up in your body, it could be an intense process. I won't sugarcoat that. For like, I want to be very real with people. It, it was very intense for me. I'm not saying it has to be for everybody, but I want to give that warning because I think a lot of times When things get hard, we have a tendency to go, okay, God, am I going in the right direction? Like we think it's going to be super easy because he he told us to do it. And then when things get hard, we question, am am I really, is this what I need to be doing? So keeping in mind the process can be intense, but also keeping in mind he's a good father 
and you can trust him. And if there's something he's wanting to lead you through, there's going to be gold on the other side of it. You know, just keep going, um, keep trusting, keep allowing him to lead you. Because the things I gave up, man, just don't even compare to the stuff that he's now given me just to be able to live every day in peace and rest and joy. I say that, like, quote, didn't want to give it up, but it was really like your brain fights to hang on to the familiar. And I was so comfortable and acquainted with anxiety and stress, I didn't know how to live without it. So it was this tension of, I want to let go, but I don't want to let go because I don't know what's over here. (laughs) I don't know what that's going to feel like. I don't know what that experience is going to be because I've never been in that place of peace. I mean, I had 30 years of living in so much anxiety. I had no idea how bad it was until it was gone. And now every day living in this peace, it's like it's so worth every part of the process. As difficult as the process was for me, it's so worth it. So just remain open to what he wants to do. Remain open to his leading and just asking him to help you to stay willing to stay in the process. (laughs) Like there were days that was my prayer. Just I just want to be willing to keep going. (laughs) And then there's other days you're like, this feels really good. I don't know how it gets any better. And then you get to the next step and, oh man, it's like 10 times better. And you're like, I had no idea. (laughs) So just keep going. Just keep going and and stay open to what he wants to do. Oh, Susan, so good. You had many words for me in this conversation. So thank you for being on and thank you for sharing your knowledge and your heart for God. And I would love for you to share how the listeners can connect with you if they want to work with you. You have a couple different ways to do that. So share where they can connect with you and how they can work with you. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So the main connection point is just my website is heaven to earth, LLC.com. And you can find everything is there as the central hub. So it, it goes out to all the other things. If you wanted to listen to my podcast or watch my YouTube I have books. I have courses. If you want to work with me directly, everything is housed right there. One place to remember. So it's heaventoearthllc.com. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go, one last question for you. I want to know what brought you joy today. Mm, My silly cat. Oh my gosh. So our cat's name is Peter Parker. If there are any people who um, are into Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker is his real name. And um, my boys, when they were little, super into Spider-Man. So the cat's name is Peter Parker. But he brings me so much joy every day. He's just so silly. He's so goofy. And it's just me and him here most all day because the kids are in school and the husband's at work. So He's always just keeping me laughing. (laughs) I've never heard a cat answer, and I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) That is awesome. That is so fun. I know animals and children and just all that stuff, those little things. Like we have to celebrate our little wins. We have to celebrate those little moments of joy, and our, our pets can definitely do that. 
I tell people all the time, the Lord made him just for me because just their personalities, we just, we play all the time. And it's not playful like you normally think of people playing with cats, but he'll do stuff like, you know, he'll hide behind a chair or something and just jump out and get my leg, you know, when I walk by, just playful all the time. So. so fun. <laughs> Built in joy. Yes. Yeah. He keeps me young. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for being on and just being who you are and and coming as you are, being authentic and, and sharing your heart and your story of where where you were and now where you are and sharing that with us. I'm just so, so appreciate you and best of love to you and all that you do. Mm, thank you so much for having me. It's been my honor. There were so many golden nuggets of wisdom in this episode. The biggest for me was the reminder to check my motives and to dive deeper with the Lord through prayer. If you haven't done it before, take five minutes now and ask the Lord what He wants to reveal to you. He's a good God and wants to shatter the chains holding you down, keeping you from a life of surrender and rest in Him. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.